sitting here in the palatial. I've been not only sitting in palatial pastor's study uh, while Brother T was getting our coffee ready. I was observing, admiring your paraphernalia, your trinkets. I've got some. Man, Hank Aaron in one corner, yeah. Cigar Indian in the other corner, yeah, lighthouses. Lighthouses everywhere. Uh, I don't know what that weird thing is made out of wood that looks like a genie's lamp. What's that? A bunch of Jamaicans gave me that years oh. ago. Yeah, it's carved out of wood uh, from Jamaica. It's pretty. It's beautiful, yeah. Do you keep anything like candy? It, well, I can't tell you what I keep in it, okay. but it's, it's, it's a tea set, actually. It's a tea set. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see the cups. Yeah, there are cups all around it. Cool. Yeah. Crack a barrel. Crack a barrel. Got a crack a barrel. Christmas mm-hmm. of some sort of village. I don't know what village has crack a barrel in it. But. <laughs> and I got a $6 million man lunchbox I over did there. notice that, too. Yeah. Well, you're a big $6 million yeah. man oh, fan. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was buying a bionic woman fan. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I met him one time when you I did. was a, yeah when I was a kid. Was he impressive? Um, uh, pretty much. He waved at me, and uh, I'm pretty much sure he waved only at me. But uh, but yeah, down at the Reed House, I saw him. So it was all it was That's an awesome cool. day. The one good thing that you and I have in common because I'm a big Bigfoot fan, and mm-hmm. you're six million dollars. There was an episode of Bigfoot and the Six Million Dollar Man. Really? Yeah. You need to you need to go to YouTube or something. Check it out. Wow. It is awesome. Okay. Bigfoot beat somebody up with a torn off arm. <laughs> That made my day, brother. It's a little trivia you may not have been privy to up until now, nor our listeners. So, but we are. We, the podcast barred a little cold, brother T. Yeah, yeah, and it's but it's warm here. It is in the office. It's springtime, and right? The the owners. I don't own the podcast barn. I simply right. occupy it, and uh, I'm a squatter. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they decided it's too late in the year to buy more propane. Right, right. So until it truly is spring, not only by date but by temperature. Right. We we might have to do this a couple times. Yeah. Okay, well, we've got good coffee here. So. You do. You do really have yeah. Maxwell House coffee. Yes, it's Praise Maxwell Jesus. House. Hundred percent Colombian, brother. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. This week's subject matter. Okay. Mm. You ready for it? Yeah. We're going to talk about the great. Commission. Yeah. Now, don't turn us off because a <laughs> no. lot of people go, oh, no, it's Missions Day at church. Right, yeah. Let's hang home. Yes. Honey. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's not what it's going to be about. It's going to be talk about our responsibility yeah. uh, and how we may have misjudged it as right. far as our our part in the kingdom. Mm, I like that. I like that. So I guess, Doc, the first thing we need to do really is to define what what is a Great Commission or what is the Great Commission. Most people, and, and I think this is where the term came from, is Matthew 28, 19 and 20, right? right yes. Uh, it's, it is Jesus declaring to the disciples uh, that they should go into all the world mm-hmm. and make disciples. Right. Uh, they should baptize those disciples in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. right? And then thirdly, they should then teach them all the things that he has taught them, that is to continue on the teachings of Jesus. And he then assures them that he will be with them to the very end of time. Right, right, right. That they have authority. Mm -hmm. That's how that began. I have been given this authority Mm -hmm. to authorize you, to commission you, to go out and be my representatives in the world. Right. And and therefore, it really is, if you were to sum it up, is is the sharing of our faith mm-hmm. uh, so that the gospel of the kingdom might be 
um, introduced right. to the world. Right. And would you say, I mean, you know, it says there to the ends of the world, uh, ends of the earth, in Acts 1, you know, it's also in verse 8, I think it talks about that as well. Would you say that America, I mean, think about it, where that was given, mm-hmm. now we're on the other side of the earth. You know, we are. It's a pretty long flight. Yeah, it's a pretty right? long flight. We've <clears throat> had that flight before. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, the Great Commission is just sharing your faith and teaching others to do so as well. Yeah. And uh, it's not the Great Suggestion. No. It's the Great Commission. No. You know, and there is, uh, and I think there's a valid not argument, but a valid thought that goes with, okay, was that to everyone? Because mm. he was speaking to his uh, disciples right, right. at the time. That mm-hmm. What I think that, this is how I interpret it. Yes, he was just speaking to his disciples at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as they went out and did what he said, then I think they were to teach others to do the same. That's what he's right. saying. I want you to teach them what I'm teaching you. And so, therefore, what he's teaching them is to go out there and share the good news of the gospel. Yeah, I mean, and I agree because then he says in the Great Commission here, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I mean, mm-hmm. so uh, I believe that just it's a continual thing. Yeah. And if it was only for the disciples, well, that would have been a small impact. It would have been. You know, and so I, I they agree They started with the you. ball rolling. Yes, right? I, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, And, and then it was go around the, the world. And to the end of the age is my uh, belief is that it's the church age. Yes. It's the time yeah, yeah. It, that commenced at his resurrection, mm-hmm. and then he commissioned the earliest disciples to go out and begin this movement we call the church Right. that will end at the return of Christ for his church. Mm-hmm. This is the age of the Great Commission. Right, right. Something else happens, if you're a student of eschatology, mm. for a few more years afterwards that's not really the same as it's happening at this period of time. Right, yes, exactly. So exactly. Um, that, that, that's our role. So succinctly, succinctly put it, what is the Great Commission? If you were just going to put it in a sentence, what would you say? I would be share the knowledge and the teachings of Jesus to the world. Okay. All right. And so is that then for everyone? I think that's the next question that we need to roll out there. Is yeah. it for everyone? It is for everyone, in my opinion, but there's so many different roles right. to play in that. Right, right. Uh, you and I were discussing before the podcast that uh, not all of us are are what people would consider full-time missionaries. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. and that can be discussed. I mean, their their salary, their income, their livelihood mm-hmm. is not derived from being what would be on your tax return a missionary. Mm. Right, yes. You know, I, I've in my, in my ministry, Doc, I have, uh, uh, you know, boy, I tell you, waxed eloquently about this from time to time. You know, I remember... Yeah. You know, hey, we need to make a great commotion out of the Great Commission. And there's no business like soul business. Yeah, you know? baby. And almost laying a guilt trip, I yep. think. Yeah. Uh, when basically it's as you are going, mm-hmm. you know, as you are going, you are to teach and make disciples. And so uh, I think every one of us, I agree, all of us are called to share our faith, yeah. you know, but not all of us are called to be full-time missionaries. Yeah, we're not to be closet Christians. Right, exactly. You know, and... And I was just reading this morning, um, gosh, I'm reading through Matthew. You know, I told you I go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, yes. and then I start over again. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to know the teachings mm. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's Matthew 9, maybe, 
where he says, he declares to them as he sends them out, mm-hmm. you know, if you're not going to confess me before men, I'll right. confess you before the Father. Yeah. And so there's no such thing as a closet Christian. Part mm-hmm. of our salvation experience, that is the affirmation of what's gone on in the inside of us, is a witness to the world. Yes. That doesn't mean, as you and I have also discussed, standing on the corner holding a sign. Exactly. Exactly. Or behind home plate. Holding up John three sixteen right. with rainbow hair. Yeah, if you yeah. remember that dude. <laughs> I don't know what happened to him, but I remember him. Uh, you know, that's yeah. not necessarily yeah. what, unless God's called you to do. Yeah, that. Well, again, I think it's the motivation of your heart mm-hmm. because Tim Tebow, I mean, on his eye um, black, would put John three sixteen, yeah. and there were millions, you know, that would Google that. Yeah. And uh, and God, you know, if God told him to do it, and the motivation was pure then, uh, you know, I can't say anything against that or about that, you know, except for go Tim. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree. But then you also have things like occurred this week at the Oscars. Oh, my. Uh, you know, where one dude socked another dude yeah. and then said something <laughs> nasty. Oh, uh, yeah. While defending his wife. Now, right. I'm, not, I'm not saying yeah. anything to everybody at all. I, my wife and I had this conversation. I said, you know, mm-hmm. he could have stopped short of going in there slugging the guy. Right. If he was willing to say what he said from his seat, mm-hmm. he could have said that without slugging the guy, yeah. right, or yeah. slapping the guy. Right. But then he goes on to share that God had called him right. to be this kind of representative of love. And I'm going, whoo! <laughs> <laughs> you didn't turn the other cheek. You turned his cheek. <laughs> the slap that was heard around yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one year that I wish I'd watched the Oscars. But. I didn't even know it was on until the next day. I, I, when I that mean, my wife was up late, and then the next morning, first thing she told me was what had happened. Oh, finally, there's something interesting at the Oscars, and I missed it. Uh, you know, but the, the scripture does say be doers, you know, that yeah. we're to be doers. And that word, we get our word poet from that. And, and it's interesting. I think he's saying in creative ways. We ought to, you know, do the work of God in creative ways. Yeah. Uh, you and I were talking before we started recording about Arthur Blessed, yeah. the guy that carried the cross, you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, I mean, honestly, I've read that book many times about him carrying the cross, and he gave away thousands upon thousands of stickers to children. Everywhere that he would stop, he would share the gospel, you know. And, and just reading that, and I don't agree... Uh, doctrinally with everything uh, in his life. Yeah. Uh, we're just different a little bit. But, but man, I tell you what, he shared the gospel. He shared the Everywhere gospel. he went. I mean, he yeah. had a little New Testament and he shared the good news. So does that mean everyone, if they're going to be obedient to Jesus and the gospel, we all should be carrying crosses literally across Jamaica, across Europe, across I don't think South so. America? Yeah, I don't think so. That's uh, kind of how we're made to feel sometimes. Right, of course, yeah. A lot of a lot of preachers put us on guilt trips, uh, but uh, but I, I think the key is if God calls you, you're to do it. Yeah. But God is not going to call everyone to carry a cross, a literal cross around the world. That's right. You know, and um, and so we move on, which leads us into yeah. should everyone be a missionary? And then you want to say define missionary, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> define a missionary. Yeah. Person who's on mission. Right. Someone that's on mission. Uh, but we're all not full-time, as we mentioned a minute ago. We're not all full-time missionaries. Right. Um, but we all are or should be on mission yeah. uh, to share our faith. And uh, if you're willing to go around the world, you ought to be willing to go next door. Mm-hmm. You know, someone said the light that shines around the world is brightest at home, you know. And and so I think it's so important that, that we are willing to share with those close um, well, we do need missionaries yeah. around the world yeah. as well. Yeah, and Jesus made declaration just similar to what you just said. He, he was speaking. He said, what good is it to have your light 
and put it under a basket. Yes. I mean, yeah. everyone who has light, mm-hmm. if it's going to serve its purpose, we're going to put it on a lampstand. We're going right. to set it out where it's going to light the house and light the place around. He says, and if you're going to be salt and you don't have any saltiness, the only thing that you're good for, he said, is to be thrown out and trampled under feet. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a, a literal purpose for salt on mm-hmm. the ground, mm-hmm. it, but it was a lesser purpose. Right, right. A lesser yeah. purpose. Yeah. So uh, we are to be about who we are and how God's gifted us mm-hmm. as being salt and light in the world. Right. That shows up in so many different ways. Yeah. You know, in the latter parts uh, of the book of Romans, I think it is, I can't remember exactly what chapter, but Paul is sort of recruiting uh, those that he's talking to uh, about Spain, but he's not recruiting them to go with him, but to support him, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so I, I praise God. You know, you and I both have been in different places as missionaries, you know, yeah. uh, preaching, um, and and everyone did not go with us. Now, I've taken many, 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 many uh, for many years uh, to the island of Jamaica, but a lot more stay back. Yeah. Uh, but, man, they stay back with prayer. They stayed back financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc, they gave uh, thousands upon thousands of dollars of medical supplies, school supplies, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we could not have done what we did uh, without that support. Yeah, financial support is so important. I know that we had a seed company at church one time, and what we were going to do is try to raise enough money to translate the Bible into uh, the Gospel of John. Yeah. And we're going to do half the Gospel of John because it was so much per word. That's what we broke it down into. Mm. So we did it one Sunday morning, and we had multiple services. I met with the representative after the first service going into the second. And I said, all right, we're going to – he said, wait a minute. Your first service has already gave us enough – given us enough money to do the whole book of John. Oh, my goodness. So he said – you wanted to stop her? I said, no. So we went in, I got to the next service. I said, uh, we're going to move on. He said, we need acts done too. So we, this was one language that never had the Bible translated into its. Amazing. We did all of John, and we moved several chapters into acts to That's get it done. Exciting. And then some months later, he came and presented that gospel of John in mm. that language, which I had no idea what it was. Right, right. But he gave me a plaque to put on my desk yeah. that that was, you know, John 3.16 in their language. Mm. So there are a lot of people yeah. who will financially support right. mission work mm-hmm. uh, that probably will not get on an airplane and yeah. fly mm-hmm. that this was somewhere in India mm-hmm. uh, to India mm-hmm. to share the gospel. Well, there are a lot of people that just can't physically do it. I mean, physically, they cannot get on an airplane. Uh, they can't travel around the world. But, uh, but number one, they can pray. Every, every one of us can right. pray. That's the most important thing. Yeah. And, and many can give. And I've, I've just noticed that uh, when you put out boxes or baskets or totes or whatever, folks will get involved. Man, I tell you, we've given thousands, I guess, of teddy bears, yeah. of all things, away in Jamaica going to clinics and hospitals and just going room to room. Yeah. And, and Doc, you, you, I, think I went you, to a yeah. hospital, yeah. Um, I mean, giving a teddy bear to grown men and women mm-hmm. and watching them hug those things, and then you are you have the opportunity to share Jesus with yeah. them and yeah. sing and just pray with them. I remember going with uh, with your group and going into schools yeah. yes. and stopping having an assembly and sharing right. the gospel with kids in those right. schools. Yeah. So. Uh, I often thought, wow, I wish we could do that in America. Oh, I know. We it. could do it in Jamaica. Yeah. We can't do it in yeah. America. Yeah, it's, it is amazing. Uh, I, I love this passage, First Peter 2, 9. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, 
a holy uh, nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's always been a favorite passage of mine that, that we are, we're called, yeah. you know, to do exactly what that says, to proclaim the praises of him. And he did, man. He called you and I, he called us out of darkness yeah. into his marvelous light. Yeah, mine light. was darker than yours. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but you got brighter. I don't know. <laughs> I was dark and you got brighter, but we're not comparing. Of course not. <laughs> but if we were, I won. <laughs> yes, you did. No. You got the halo. <laughs> oh, mercy. Well, what about what about door-to-door? I think yeah. one of us are more comfortable with that than when the other. When you say door-to-door, I begin to shake, tremble. <laughs> I've become so uncomfortable. Uh, here's my experience. I, right. uh, I'm my late teens... I'm lost as a ball in high weeds, mm. uh, but I am attending a church. Right. I, in my bed one night, I give my life to Christ. Go back, I share it with my pastor. And so he said, now I'll see you next Tuesday night. <laughs> <laughs> That's home visitation. Uh, oh, wow. You know what? He grabbed me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he took me with him. You're trembling right now. He scared the living daylights <laughs> out of me. My pastor was not the greatest preacher. Right. He was not well educated. Uh huh. But his gift was sharing the gospel. Right. Good night. So we'd hop in his truck. I remember the color of the truck. I remember everything about it. We'd go and we'd drive into the worst part of the neighborhood, Mm. look for three or four guys smoking cigarettes, drinking burgers. Yep. Yep. uh, With their, you know, with their shirts off, their pants halfway down Mm -hmm. in their bodies, who had leaned over Mm -hmm. uh, a, a car, a truck. Right. You know. On blocks, yeah. he said, those boys need Jesus. <laughs> I go, yeah. <laughs> We're going to stop. Grab a track. <laughs> no! <laughs> it scared me. Oh, so he'd it? walk in front, and I'd walk in his shadow behind him, you know. And I would just listen, and yeah. it was while he looked at me. Isn't that right, Brother Ken? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's right. And I would just, I said, please stop. Please don't. Let's get back in the truck and go. I mean, I was petrified. Right, right. Yeah. Petrified. Yeah. Uh, and I, my... Makeup, mm-hmm. my bringing up mm-hmm. was I've often uh, kidded that I was taught as a kid, someone came to the door, you turned the lights off and hid behind the divan. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't make contact with strangers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and oh, and to go out and purposely yeah. walk into somebody's yard when you've not been invited or right. knock on somebody's door when they don't know you're coming. Mm-hmm. I was just, I mean, it went against everything that I had been taught. And it goes against my personality as well. And and for the 30 years I was a pastor, I was really 31 and a half years I was a pastor. Um, That was the hardest thing I ever did. Mm. And and there wasn't great uh, harvest from it either. However. However. (laughs) You know, uh, we became one of the largest churches in Chattanooga. Yes, yes. Without door-to-door visitation. Right. And they said it couldn't be done. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. it was. Yes. That we did lots of other things. Mm -hmm. But creatively, uh, we didn't do that. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have, I mean, one older man became, he was angry. And Mm. he was going to go. Yeah. He was going to show up at the church on a Monday or Tuesday right, night, right. and he was going to stand up and tell his friends, if you mm-hmm. want to go, you come with me. And I actually rode with him one time. He was an elder gentleman. You know, if you want to get saved, just ride with him. Don't mm-hmm. be the person he visits. Yeah. But he scared the living daylights of me just <laughs> driving. 
And then he'd walk in with the sour demeanor. Oh yeah, and yeah. just. Yeah. Judgmental, right. and well, and he was sharing the gospel. I don't know that one of those persons ever right. came to our church because they went, yeah. "Uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> get saved and be happy like me." <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's yeah, that's but that's what he was taught. Right, right. was what you did yeah. if you were a believer. Right. See, now I have no trouble. I had no trouble doing that. No, Even as a teenager, you're an outgoing person. I am, and as a teenager, I'm not kidding. I would go to apartment uh, complexes, complexes, and go door to door, hand out tracts and. And just share Jesus, and um, you know, people joke that I in hospitals I go door to door right now. Just you know, yeah. <laughs> just knock on door. Hey, how yeah. are you doing? Yeah, you know. And um, but uh, I remember one time I was preaching revival down in Louisiana, and man, we went door to door, and and God truly did bless, man. Yeah. In one home, we had multiple people give their hearts it to is Christ. Amazing. You know, because you are working within your giftedness. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. But you know, times have changed. They have changed so much. Um, you know, when I first got here, I've been here at West, I mean, uh, White Oak for 13 years. And um, we did, about 10 years ago, Project, I think it was called Project 1001, where we knocked on 1,001 doors. You know, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think not one person visited. I can't remember one person who visited from those doors. Now, yes. God blessed it and folks and visited. Ways, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I can't remember one that visited from that. Yeah. And, um, you know, years ago, door to door was, uh, people did that a lot. Yeah. And, it, you know, people sat on their front porch. Right. Um, I remember as a kid, you yeah. know, almost everyone was outside. Right. And you could walk up and down the street and start conversations with yes. almost anyone. Yeah. And, and it was a different time. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not trying to say that you, that never works. Oh, right. Right. If you're in a community in a place where it mm-hmm. works very well, there's that place where you get shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, exactly. If you walk to somebody's yard, right? You know they're going right. to sick the pit bull on you yeah. or shoot you. Yeah, either one, and then you you know you can die a martyr. I guess, right, right. Which yeah, yeah, <laughs> might be what you're called to do. I don't yeah. know. Well, but, several weeks ago, I was preaching revival in South Georgia, and I'm telling you, you could not go door to door there. Um, you you would run out of gas. I mean, it was just <laughs> yeah, the yeah. doors were way yeah. apart yeah. from each other. You know, it would take a long time to do that. But we're hard um, to change. I know that yeah. uh, I felt guilty for years for not mm-hmm. doing it. Really did because that was what my pastor taught me. Right, you did. But when I began to work within my giftedness mm-hmm. and and lead the church within that realm and mm-hmm. in the kind of the community and the people that we were reaching, we became very much more successful when mm-hmm. it comes to reaching people with the gospel and seeing people right. come to know Christ than that. And I and I and I cease to be as guilty about it, but you still know, there. it still yeah. crops up. Yeah, yeah. Well I mean I think about this, Doc. Door to door encyclopedia salesman. Mm-hmm. You remember that? I, oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> and now who has encyclopedias? Now somebody listening will but I, I mean, I don't because you can just jump online and find yeah, Wikipedia. Out. Now. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so, door to door Bible salesman. Yeah, Bible salesman. Insurance salesman. Vacuum remember, cleaner salesman. Oh gosh, yes. yeah. And they were good vacuum cleaner. Yeah, <laughs> it, it cost much as a car. Yeah. But I remember our insurance salesman would come in, and he carried a leather bound thing that was like right. 18 inches wide. Yeah. That's where everyone's policy was. When yes. he opened it up, he leafed through it and pulled yours out and wrote down the fact that you paid your dues yeah, that yeah, month yeah, yeah. to him. It's, and, and that doesn't happen. It's no. just not the world that we're living no, in. No, no. But if God has called you to do it, yeah. I mean, the, then then do it. Yes. But a lot of folks don't do it because they're an introvert, they're socially awkward, they're scared. Is that a reason not to participate in, in the Great Commission? 
Now, I think if we if we started this whole the foundational truth of this that we're all missionaries in one sense or another, right. yeah, uh, it's not. But it may be a good reason not to do what you and I've talked because that's what I ended up not doing. Right. That doesn't mean that you're not wanting to see people mm-hmm. uh, find freedom in Christ, right? Yeah. To find the joy that you found, and so uh, no. But I, I think it's a a lot of guilty people who end up staying away from church, staying away from the the, the the body of Christ mm-hmm. because they see these uber spiritual people who are constantly sharing. They've been gifted. Mm-hmm. They like to do it. It's their personality mm-hmm. and they're always doing it. And we're always putting those people up front and say, this person has done this. This person's done right. that. And that poor person back there who's you know just mm-hmm. scared to death to talk to a stranger or right. scared, just a very unique introverted individual with their mm-hmm. own gifts, but that's not it, feel so defeated that I can never live up to that standard. And right. sometimes they just throw up their hands and, and yeah. walk away. And what I want to say is every person has been created and gifted by God, both the the gifts that they have, the mm-hmm. spiritual gifts that God has given them. The Bible says it's the Spirit of God, Christ, mm-hmm. who gives the gifts to the church and distributes them as he needs them right, distributed. Right. Then he has also given us our natural talents. Yes. He's given us our personalities, mm-hmm. and he's allowed us to go through the experiences that we've gone through. Right. All those shape who we are. It, exactly. And exactly. and if he's shaping you, mm-hmm. then there, it's like a puzzle piece. Mm-hmm. It's going to fit somewhere. Right, right. And you might be that person who's very introverted that you find yourself uh, being a, a soul winner because mm-hmm. people are simply coming to you mm-hmm. because of your life or because yeah. of, as we will talk about, First Peter 3.15, because mm-hmm. you have hope in hopeless situations. Mm, that, that is really, really good. Yeah. It reminds me of those evangelists that when they arrive at your church, they led three flight attendants to the Lord, and yeah. then they stopped at Denny's, yeah. and and four waitresses gathered yeah. around their table. Yeah, you know, and and before the revival even begins, you feel guilty. As a pastor yeah. down in Woodstock, that you and I both know that. Uh, he would talk about how he kept looking for new restaurants to eat because he'd already yeah. led every yeah. <laughs> every hostess, every yeah. server yeah. to Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and he's going to have to find new restaurants. And that is awesome. It is that awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. But not everyone is wired that way, yeah. you know. And uh, I, I have a fellow here at my church that I highly respect, and um, one of the reasons is because he goes to Cracker Barrel a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but right before he prays, you know, he says, hey, I'm, we're about to pray. Yeah. Is there anything I can pray with you about? Yeah. And I'm telling you, uh, he's told me story after story after story and gotten real close to some of these people. Yeah. And, and it's opened up a lot of gospel conversations. Yes. You know, just that one thing. Yeah. But again, not everyone is wired that way. No, and I've done that. But I'm telling you, it's an effort for me to do that. Right, right. And I've been, I've a, you and I have a mutual friend. He, he's in my small group. He works for the TBC. And he's... Man, you go to lunch with him. Yes, he's that's a, you know he's going to say that. Yes. Hey, my friend Tony and uh, yeah. and brother Ken, we're we're about to have lunch, and we always pray before yeah. we eat lunch. Now, exactly. now, is there anything that we can right. pray for you? Is there something mm-hmm. that's burdening you that mm-hmm. we can pray for? And sometimes I go, oh yeah, I, this test I'm about to have. Right. Or, yeah. You know, I'm a single mom, and I got a child yeah. home I'm trying to support or whatever. But there've been times they go, no. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no. What do you want? Right. <laughs> you know. But you. Yeah. And and he's right. comfortable in doing it everywhere mm-hmm. he goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that's good. Yeah. So th- this question: Are we? Uh, are you responsible for our friend's salvation? When we lay that out, are you? Am I responsible for our our friend's salvation? Yeah. It, 
that again is a place of a lot of guilt for a lot of people. Right. Um, I heard, I heard this once on a podcast. A girl wrote in and said that uh, I denied my boyfriend's sexual advances because I'm a Christian. He committed suicide. Am I responsible for his death? Oh my! You know, and you go, "Ooh, gosh, that's a burden to carry around, mm. isn't it?" Mm. Um, and of course, she's not responsible right, right. for his death. Now, while it was her Christian thing to do, her mm-hmm. living out her testimony, not to give in to her boyfriend's sexual advances, right. maybe she could have done it in a way, maybe that was an open door that she could have shared her faith and why mm. she wouldn't. I, I don't know whether she did that or not. Yeah. Maybe that's the guilt that she's feeling there. But regardless, she's not responsible for someone else's actions. Right. Yes. What you're responsible for is being open and submitted to mm-hmm. the Spirit in your life daily, regardless. Because mm-hmm. you don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You, you just don't know when it's going to happen. And and so you, um, you you say, Lord, you know, if the door opens, if mm-hmm. you open the door, mm-hmm. give me the strength to walk right. through it. Right. Regardless of what my personality is like, whatever. I, you know, I'm not ashamed of you, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and you've done so much of my life type thing, and, yeah. and you want to share with somebody else. But not, not too many people that I know are just openly pushing that onto other people. And mm-hmm. I think and this might be wrong for a preacher to say, but oftentimes it's not right. I used to do a thing about um, soul winning when I was preaching and it was, it was the right Reverend Blackberry Bob. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I would do it in character. I'd yeah. come out and set up a stool. I'd cut me open a milk jug, you know, plastic milk jug, have me pair overalls on. And I'd talk about picking blackberries. <laughs> And blackberries are, you know, love blackberries. Don't you love blackberries? Yeah, I, I love, love blackberries. Uh-huh. Isn't that good? Mm-hmm. Nine. Blackberry cobbler. Mm, so. Preach. And so uh, I would talk about how some of these blackberry pickers now, they lock it so much that they just go into that blackberry patch. And they pick every blackberry they say, whether it's ripe, whether it's not ripe. <laughs> they come out with chiggers and thorns and everything else. And, and after a while, they just give up. Because, yeah. you know, the, the, the cobblers don't taste good. They're, they're torn. They're flesh torn. they got chiggers. There's chigger right. bites everywhere. I said, it's it's because their intentions are right. They want to pick blackberry, but mm-hmm. you got to wait for that blackberry to be ripe, mm. right? Mm. You all go in that blackberry bush, stomping your feet, singing out loud, scare them snakes off. You all walk carefully. You all take the right path, and then you pick those blackberries. Oh, and man. you do it when it's time. Right, right. And the right Reverend Blackberry Bob knew mm. about soul winning. Mm-hmm. You know, there are times when you just go observe and you share and you, your faith is there. Mm-hmm. But when it's time, you'll know. Yeah. That it's time yeah. to, to reap the harvest because right. that harvest is plentiful. And God's looking for people to go into that harvest and yeah. pick those blackberries. Wow. You're so creative. I'm telling you. My wife hated that sermon. Really? Yeah, because I would act a fool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would act a fool. And that but was it got the point across. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got the point yeah, across that is. we're also winners. Right. We all love blackberry mm-hmm. cobbler. You know, almost all of us yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Normal people. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, God is preparing those blackberries for the season. Mm. And sometimes if you push in there hard and, you're, and, and you think you're doing something good, you might actually be doing something counterproductive right. in a person's life. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, honestly, just thinking about it logically, um, we... The truth is, we just need to be sensitive mm-hmm. to the to the leaning of the Holy Spirit, right? Because if you would not have enough time in the day, 
if you talk to everybody. No. I mean, you go through Walmart or Target, you could never get through there. Right. You know, and so you have to be sensitive. And we see that in Scripture as well. I mean, John and Peter on the way to the temple. I mean, you know, they passed that guy that was lame, I'm sure, several mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd been lame and laying there forever. Uh, but that one day, they were sensitive, and uh, and that was the day that he reached out, and he was walking and leaping and praising God, mm-hmm. you know, not long afterwards. And, and so I think the key is just that we need to be sensitive, but we also, we do need to share. We you do. know, we do need to share. I think we're responsible to share the good news. I mean, if we had the cure to cancer, mm-hmm. you know, and we've heard this a thousand times, how how sad it would be. If we just kept that to ourselves, that's right. And you know, the, the whole idea about that person being, you know, saved or not saved because of what you have done. Yeah, um, I, I believe that you're to fulfill your part in that mm-hmm. whole uh, working out God's program in that person's life. But yet, uh, I'm not a kind of person who believes that that person is or is not going to get saved. Regardless, I do think that you have a role to play and that you need to be there. But that person's responsibility, it is a personal salvation for mm-hmm. them to do. And then you're to act out your part. I was sharing with you, and this was an affirmation to me because I, I still carry that guilt around of not being a great soul winner. That uh, while I was in my Sunday school class on Sunday morning, and uh, oftentimes, you know, you think, oh, Pastor Emeritus is here. He's going to take mm-hmm. over the class. I didn't say a word. Right. The whole right. Class. I just listened. Yeah. Uh, a good friend who teaches the class. And I sat near the back. My mm-hmm. wife couldn't make it because she was with our grandson. So I'm just sitting there by myself listening. And this couple begins to talk up front. And it's a sweet couple. Mm. just a good Christian couple. And I don't, I can't even remember what prompted it. But they said, you know, when we first came here, we were lost. Mm-hmm. We didn't know Jesus. We were searching. And we sat down. Brother Kim was preaching. And um, he's not a preacher. Oh, mm-hmm. oh gosh, where's this going? You know, they, <laughs> and he's a, he's a teacher, right? Yeah, and, and that's what we needed. And we mm-hmm. said, and we we listened, and we began to understand. And God called us, and we became believers. And and said, well, just I'll just never forget. He never preached. He always taught. And then they were going on to say something else. And the teacher said, now wait a minute, mm-hmm. before you say something you regret, right, right, because I don't know which direction you're going to go now. Yeah. You know, well, but, but he always dressed funny or something. Right. You know, they thought yeah. they might say something like that. <laughs> I said, do you know Brother Ken is sitting behind you? <laughs> and she turned around, oh, <laughs> waved and right. waved back. And, yeah. and that was such an affirmation mm-hmm. to me that mm-hmm. how many times did that take place? Right. Where I was feeling guilty, you know, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they want this long, drawn-out altar call. I had people all the time guilty me over the type of altar calls that I would give. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 I just I was just trying to fulfill what God was leading me to do. Mm-hmm. And and there was a great testimony right. that was they didn't know they were gonna say it in front of me because mm-hmm. they didn't think I was in there. And that was God's way of saying, mm-hmm. I, you did what I asked you to do. Yeah, yeah. You did what I asked you to do. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm in a revival right now in North Georgia. Yeah. And on Sunday morning, we had a 31-year-old man come to the altar. Yeah, you, know, you texted me. I just yeah. was praising the Lord yeah. for that. That's awesome I mean, awesome and just hear. gave his heart to Jesus. You know, but the key is that the pastor of this church that I'm in revival, um, he befriended this guy at a funeral home. And, and just got to know him. And yeah. the guy started coming to the church. Right. And then... All of the folks of the church loved on him yeah. and his little boy, yeah. you know, and, and just got to know him. And 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 then I show up on Sunday morning yeah. and just preach the gospel. Yeah. And he comes to the altar and gives his heart to Christ. And yeah. so, you know, some plant, some water, you know, but God gives the increase. You were just there for the harvest time. Yeah, that's, that's that exactly was right. I, I was yeah. down in South Georgia myself, down in Dublin, Georgia. And it was the first time I ever preached this wonderful church. And 
between services, I, they, they had a green room. Mm-hmm. They'd take you. As I was walking to the green room, waiting for the second service to start, this tall, redheaded teenager came running up to me. And I said, "Hey, man!" Mm-hmm. Shook his hand. He he was just so shaken. He mm-hmm. said, "I, I got to give my I got to give my life to Jesus. I got I got mm. to give my life to Jesus." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "I know that sermon I preached. It wasn't an evangelistic message, right? But they had been ministering to wow. him, wow. and I just happened to be there. Yeah. And and I said, "Wow, let me let me give you to one of their pastors. Yeah. I wanted them to. Mm-hmm. So they walked off with him and sat down and prayed with him and mm-hmm. baptized him the next week. Yeah. And yeah. I was just." Praise the Lord. Right, you know, right, yeah. I happened to be there. I didn't do anything mm-hmm. other than I was the person there sharing the good news when he came forward. But they mm-hmm. had done the work. Mm-hmm. They had been faithful up until yeah. that time. Right, right, right. It's a yeah. joint effort. It is. It is. It's yeah. a tag team. Yeah. And uh, I remember, I just now this came to my mind, when I gave my heart to the Lord, um, I was seven years old. And um, I know because I was there when it happened. <laughs> and, but did you know the next day, honestly, I walked two doors down, and my best friend at that time, um, his name was Tommy. Yeah. And I shared Christ with him as a seven-year-old. And and it just we we knelt down, and he gave his heart to Christ, mm. you know. And uh, because, honestly, I wanted him to have the joy that I had. Now, yeah. I didn't understand it. You know, I right. didn't understand yeah, yeah. all, everything. You can, you can answer you know, any of his questions. Nothing, no. nothing. But, but I just wanted him to know Jesus. Yeah. You know, because I'd met Jesus. Yeah. And I, so. That, I was, you know, saved in high school. So mm-hmm. um, the, the thing that I did, my, my good friend and myself got saved at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, not on the same date, but, you know, the same period of time. Right. And so we both, both bought uh, gold fish hooks hmm. and we put them on our clothes oh okay at school yeah, yeah and you wouldn't believe the number of kids who would ask what's that huh and then we would be going to tell them How about what they? they had in their life and that we yeah. were fishers of men right now and right. that i didn't have to say a word until people ask you and that's first yeah. peter three fifteen. yeah always be ready right to give a reason for the hope and here's the here's the word and i know we don't have much longer but are you living out your life in such a way that mm. people see hope in your life? Mm. But if you're, you know, if you're one of those believers that that your witness never gets to your face, right? Right? <laughs> they they yeah. don't see hope in your life. Right. You're complaining about this. You're complaining about the government. You complain about the economy. Mm-hmm. You're complaining about the street that you live on. All the different things that we complain about. Yeah. What differentiates you from the people who have no hope? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, weaned on a dill pickle. Yeah. Yeah. Part of the cold water committee. Yeah. You know, six in the mud. Yeah. All those people. And and we, you know, I pastored a church that had Baptistic doctrine all those years, and we're the worst. Right. Oh, yeah. We are the worst, huh? Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah. But we are responsible to share our faith, and um, and this has been a good chat, I think, on the Great Commission. I think so, too. Yeah. I think so. I, I hope that people understand that we all have a part to play, but it, right. it's not all the same part. Right, exactly. Not all the same part. Yeah. yeah. What are we going to talk about next week? We don't know. We don't. We never know, do we? No, we don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I know we need to talk about family sometimes. Yeah, we do. We need to talk about family. Yeah. Okay. And there's so many different aspects that, that I was thinking about the other day when I was thinking about topics that... Yeah, I don't know that we've had, other than my wife and I talking one time mm-hmm. when you weren't able to be there yeah. about family, what went on with our family and the you know the sickness mm. of our son. But what about normal times? What's your responsibility oh, in, wow. your, in your family? Oh, right? boy. That might be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so because both of us have them. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs>
I've been married to my sweet wife 40 years. Yeah, and I've been married to mine for 37. So, you know, so, yeah. we got 77 years yeah. between us. Are we that married. old, man? Wow. I am. Yeah. <laughs> we don't look it though. No, we do not. I'm 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 young. I'm a young sixty five. You are, and yes, I'm sir. a young fifty seven. Yes, you are, sir. Yeah, just ask us. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope you guys enjoyed this today. I hope maybe gave you some encouragement and comfort about what it means to be, you know, a witness for Christ. Yeah. And uh, I know, brother, you've got a busy day ahead. Oh my, I do. I so really do. You yeah. you are a preaching machine. Oh, just add water. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, We will talk to you next week, and I hope you guys have a great week. God bless.